0: This is Educate for Life with Kevin Conover on AM 1170, The Answer. Educate for Life, a look at current events from today's headlines and how they affect you, what you believe shapes your worldview and your ultimate destiny. Learn more now at EducateForLife.com. Now in studio, here is your host, Kevin Conover.
1: Bring your time and bring your shame. Bring your guilt and bring your pain. Don't you know that's not your name? You will always be
2: much more to me. Our topic tonight is marriage and pornography. My guests are Tony and Di DiLorenzo, who have the most popular marriage podcast on iTunes, One Extraordinary Marriage. Dot com. If you want to go to their site, com. you can listen to their podcast. It's fantastic. My name's Kevin Conover. You're on Educate for Life Radio. We're on AM 1170, The Answer, here in San Diego, every Sunday, 4 to 5 p.m. And uh, if you don't know already, you, you, you have to be in a cave somewhere, but pornography is a gigantic issue um, in the church and outside the church. All over the country, pornography is a big issue. Mm-hmm. It's affecting marriages. And I want to start off just by giving some of the stats. They're kind of mind-blowing. In 2006, estimated revenues for sex related entertainment businesses were just under 13 billion. Now, this is bigger than the NFL, NBA, and Major League Baseball combined, just to give you some perspective there. It's pretty phenomenal. 68% of divorce cases involved one party meeting a new lover over the internet. Mm-hmm. 56% of divorce cases involved one party having an obsessive internet uh, uh, interest in pornographic websites. Uh, And now in the church, 51% of pastors say internet pornography is a possible temptation. Um, And because pornography thrives in secrecy, a lot of people in the church feel very shamed into being silent and they end up kind of living suffering in this silence. 64% of Christian men and 15% of Christian women say they watch porn at least once a month. 75% of pastors do not make themselves accountable to anyone for their internet use. Now, this is from the U.S. Department of Justice. Never before in the history of telecommunications media in the United States has so much indecent and obscene material been so easily accessible by so many minors in so many American homes with so few restrictions. That's from the U.S. Department of Justice. Nine out of 10 boys are exposed to pornography before the age of 18. Six out of 10 girls are exposed to pornography before the age of 18 average age is 12 Mm -hmm. 12 first internet i I think that may have even dropped since uh this statistic came out so um politically liberal people are 19 more percent more likely to look at porn that's why i encourage you to become a conservative if you're not uh just consider that (laughs) that's a joke okay but um and happily married men are 61% less likely to look at porn. Mm. I just want to thank you guys, uh, Tony and Elisa, for being on the show tonight. Thanks for being here with us.
3: Oh, you're welcome. It's our thank pleasure. You. Yeah.
2: you guys have got a powerful message, and I, I just want to start off by giving you the floor and just, um, what's your story? Where did how do, You've got this amazing podcast, over mm-hmm. 300 uh, now radio shows, podcast <laughs> shows, uh, and sharing something that's really changing a lot of people's lives. Can you give us a, some background? What? What, how did this start? What happened? What got you into podcasting and everything?
4: Well, at uh, year 11 of our marriage, we were at a we were at a point. We were either going to continue on with our marriage or we were going to possibly, you know, just sort of go through the stages as our kids got older or we were going to get a divorce. And it was at that point that Elisa and I really had to look at each other and decide, you know, what are we going to do to change this? Yeah. Because this isn't the place we want to be. We had a five and a two-year-old at the time. Um, and we just, we just really had to do some soul searching there because we were, didn't, we weren't at a good place.
3: We were, yeah, we were more like roommates okay, than lovers and like, you know, kind of the ideal version of a married couple. It was like just going through the motions. Our kids were two and five and we're just, we were really caught up in just the day-to-day survival.
2: Yeah. Just very disconnected. Mm-hmm. So busy that you're just kind of
4: passing each other in the hallway. And
3: <laughs> if right, you're lucky, yeah. Yeah. yeah, if you're lucky, <laughs> yeah. if you're
4: lucky. And so we were about, we were at this stage And we were about to lead a small group at our church. And it was at this time that I was really adamant about covering sex. I wanted to talk about sex with our small group. And how could we talk about this openly, honestly, as Christians? And you bring up pornography. I want to say right here, um, I had an 18-year addiction to that. And we can get into that more. But at this point, I'd been clean of pornography for about a year or so. And I really wanted to dive into this. Yeah, I was in a new place yeah. personally, and so at least
2: I, I mean had, that takes a lot of guts too, because you're kind of now. Now, do people know what you've been through? Uh, a lot of people they don't want to talk about this kind of issue. You know, they don't want to bring this up. You're saying like, hey, I wanted to bring this up.
4: Yeah, right. we 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 were open. I was very open about yeah. it and honest about it because I it was liberating. Yes, okay. it was very liberating, and so I wanted other folks to understand that their marriage can be transformed once yeah. you wipe that stuff
2: out. And that's really encouraging. I think that's encouraging for our listeners to hear is that that's liberating. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, the, the Bible says, confess your sins to one another that you may be healed. And yet a lot of people, you know, they're suffering in silence. So right. a lot of people don't hear that message because they're thinking to themselves, well, if I if I say anything, everybody's going to condemn me and I'm just going to be thrown out of the church. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. In living in that darkness. So how did you overcome that? You know? How did you... How, how, what what caused you to to be able to take that step that a lot of people don't feel they can take?
4: Yeah, so the step was, as I was sitting in my garage. Yeah. Uh, that's when we had our computers yeah. at the time. And there was a wall between our garage and our living room. And I remember just being on there looking at pornography. On the other side of that wall was Elisa holding our then one-year-old son. Mm. And I remember just right in that moment, and I had tried so many times before to do stuff on my own, like you said, keep it secret. Hey, I'm gonna just I'm gonna just keep it to myself. I'm not gonna really let Elisa know the extent of it. Um, I'm not gonna really let other guys know my extent. And right at that moment though, I just heard God audibly just say, It's time to tell Elisa. Mm. And I was there and I'm just listening, I'm like, Nope, it's not, and it's it's time to tell Elisa. Okay. So I shut down everything and I walked in and I just had to come clean. Okay. And that was a big step because a lot of people will hear that other voice that will tell them, nah, don't, that, that's, that's nothing. Just keep moving on. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we got to break through that and know when we hear or, the voice of God. Or you move. can,
2: or you can do it on your own. Right. You'll be able to get, you'll be able to beat this on your own. Right.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And at that point in time, I'd have been addicted for 18 years. So I so hadn't been able to knew. do it you on knew my own. That, that was the case. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I stepped inside and uh, shared with the Lisa where I'd been and where I was and, and we start when we started down that road right there. OK. And
2: how did that impact you, Elisa? I mean, um, you know, I think for anybody, you know, that the stats on men viewing porn versus women, mm-hmm. it's it's at, it's some it's over f- a 500 percent increase for men compared to women that look at porn. And so for for you, you're you're not sure. And I don't know where you guys were at exactly, but you're not sure how is she going to take this? And what's her response going to be? And you kind of just held up your hands and said, okay, well, I'm going to do this. And I'm just going to trust the Lord that, that uh, he's going to somehow bring this. How, how did that hit you?
3: It was literally like a ton of bricks. You know, i had had, I'd had my suspicions because yeah. I think honestly, every woman um, or man that has pornography in their marriage, there are some, susp- there are suspicions there. Sure. Um, if they haven't outright found it on a phone or the computer, or, you know, whatever. And I was shocked. I was shocked that he was telling me, I was shocked that this was such a big problem in our marriage. I was shocked that what I had suspected all along yeah. was actually true. Yeah. And so it was the beginning of a, of a journey for us because you know, he said, I, I want to be clean. And yet it's, what is that going to look like? And you know, I want to be your ears. Like I want you to be my accountability partner. I, you know, I wanted to tell you like going forward Yeah. and, In all honesty, Kevin, the next day I was heading to my parents' house to be gone, out of the house for two weeks. So he was going to be home alone with a computer. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I mean.
2: You were not comfortable with that. I mean, I had that two weeks of.
3: Two weeks of me being gone. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so it was one of those things where I left and three days later I'm getting the phone call at my parents' house saying, I need to tell you something. And. As any spouse knows, when you're dealing with a pornography addiction, the, the phrase that comes after that is not what you want to hear. Yeah, and it was. It was like I, I looked at pornography again. I'm like, oh, and I couldn't react because I'm at my parents' house. Yeah. You know, and so I'm yeah. like, oh. But it was. It was a journey of rebuilding trust. Mm. It was a journey of learning how to talk to each other again. It was a journey of learning how to be intimate again without all of the false images. Yeah. that he had. You've been pouring into his head for so long and it wasn't, you know, some people want to just say, oh, well, as soon as you say, you know, I've admitted it, then it's over. Well, that's not the case.
5: Yeah, Mm -hmm.
3: You know, as in any addiction, it took you a while to get into that place and it takes you a while to get out.
2: Very good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, My guests this evening are Tony and Elisa DiLorenzo. They have the One Extraordinary Marriage podcast. There's also their website, One oneextraordinarymarriage.com. They've written three books here. Connect like you did when you first met. Uh, seven days of sex challenge that one sounds interesting. I think i 'll take that home <laughs> and strip down thirteen keys to unlocking intimacy in your marriage that 's pretty awesome. um what you guys are doing I think it's fantastic and I think the what we 're talking about tonight is an issue that hits home for a lot of people and i think uh I think it's fantastic that that door is being opened and the and people are Are being given the freedom to talk about these issues. So, so excited to have you guys on the show. Stay with us. We're going to be right back and
1: continue this conversation. What do leading local restaurants have in common? Add historic American beauty to your home today with genuine Amish furniture. It's built in the USA from solid cherry wood with a bourbon finish. Or choose alternative woods and finishes to accent your home's decor. You'll find it all at Tucker's Valley Furniture. For over 65 years, the Tucker family has served San Diego County. Still family owned, Cash and Carry and Tucker's Valley Furniture. Two stores, both right across the street at Main and Mollison in El Cajon. Learn more at tuckersvalleyfurniture.com.
2: Welcome back. This is Kevin Conover with Educate for Life Radio. We're on AM 1170 The Answer the in San Diego and AM 1170 The Answer.com all over the world. Uh, We're talking tonight about marriage and pornography. It's having such a big impact on everybody all across the country. Some people don't realize it's having an impact on them. Uh, They don't realize what it's doing. They think it's a a victimless crime or no big deal. Uh, Some people even say, hey, this is helping our marriage out. Um, But that's not the case. I think we really need to look deep into this issue and understand it for what it is. Uh, There was a pastor not too long ago who actually committed suicide After being outed on Ashley Madison, when the when the hack on Ashley Madison, that website that uh, people can go to to try to find uh, somebody to have an affair with, this pastor was involved with it um, and uh, his name was John Gibson. And it's it's a very, very sad story. Um, And he seems to me to be like somebody, if you read the story in detail, like somebody who who was almost trapped in a way. It's not something he did. He he was happy about. Uh, but yet he couldn't get out of it. And uh, what a lot of people don't realize is that pornography can become an addiction Mm -hmm. and some habit that's very hard to break. And so, um, I kind of wanted to go along those same lines and just talk about that with you guys. Um, what do you say to the person who's, who's kind of given up, who's in a place of secrecy and shame and feels hopeless and, uh, you know, what What would you say to encourage that person that's listening out there right now? Mm-hmm. Nobody knows what they're going through. Their spouse doesn't know. What would you say to them?
3: Well, I think the first thing is, and we say this a lot on our show because I think it applies to so many aspects of marriage, but especially in dealing with pornography, is that you are not alone. You know, there right. is, like, wherever we go to speak, whenever we do a show on pornography, we get inundated with messages of people saying that's my story Mm. that's me and so to know first and foremost you're not alone in the struggle you know you could look around any office any you know church service anything else and there are men just like you or women
5: yeah Mm -hmm. Um, we
3: find just with what we've done that women are more drawn to erotica so they're reading about it okay yeah whereas the men are you know looking at the pornography yeah that's so it's the same it's the same sin sure the same junk it's just how do you consume it yeah and you know so in that message of hope it's there are steps to get help yeah you know and you don't necessarily have to you know if you're not comfortable going to your church pastor then let's find you another resource sure there are so many resources across the country um that are there for people that want to change their life
2: that's fantastic now when you when you were thinking about this um and you guys you know, you've got so many. Uh, I, you know, it's amazing to me the amount of uh, information you cover in your podcast, the mm-hmm. amount of things that you've you've uh, dealt with and deal with, and you sure. talk about a lot of issues that I don't know of anybody else that's talking about. I mean, you're talking about stuff in depth and in detail. I just want to encourage anybody who's listening one uh, one extraordinary marriage podcast uh, on iTunes um, for. Just topics, if you're looking for information on things that you're just not going to really find in a lot of places, uh, I encourage you to check out their podcast. So um, when, you, when you decided, hey, I want to be honest in church, I want to start and I want to have this honest discussion, uh, how did that – what happened there? What was, the, what was the process of that happening and how did people respond to that when you, when you decided to do that?
4: First, okay, so this is now nine years ago. Okay. Yeah, nine, ten years ago now. And so, you know, back then, it was still people were taken aback. Yeah. Pastors and other men were just like, whoa, hey, <laughs> come on now. We don't need to be talking <laughs> about talk
3: that. We don't about that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah.
4: and, and I was very adamant about if we're going to talk about alcoholism, we're going to talk about drug addiction, then we need to be able to talk about pornography and the addiction that it is because— what a lot of people don't realize is that that same chemical that is released when we drink alcohol or drugs is the same chemical that's released when we're viewing yeah. or reading erotica. Yeah, and so we needed to put that into context. So at that, those initial conversations were ones of like, "Oh no, no, we're not going to go down that road." And I just felt convicted that you know what, we're gonna, I'm gonna just keep bringing this up. I'm gonna keep talking about it. I'm gonna keep mentioning it. And as I was able to be real and honest with guys, yeah, other guys were able to go. That's me too. Okay, Let, okay. It, let's now we got it in the light. Yeah, you can. It's okay to say that. Now let's start walking together and figuring out where your temptations are, what the triggers are, mm. what what's happening. You know, because once we start figuring those pieces out, then we can start going. Okay, let's remove some of that, or let's go, let's make sure we can go another road. With pastors, it was just being able to just go look. If you're going to bring up alcohol and 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 drug addiction, then just add pornography, right? Yeah, yeah. Because the stats that you brought up, yeah, it's overwhelming. It's it's overwhelming. overwhelming.
2: It's 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 there. Yeah. Now the and and it's interesting because there's almost there's a stigma with pornography Mm -hmm. or sexual sins that there doesn't seem to be with alcohol. Uh, or other sins right Mm -hmm. Uh, that hey this is taboo don't talk about this This isn't something we want to bring up Um, but would you say that one of the steps towards getting better in this area is actually uh, bringing other people alongside of you to help you can can somebody uh, beat this on their own or would you say hey this is pretty mandatory that at some point you have to be able to open up and be able to talk to other people
3: I think for healing, you have to be able to bring it up. Yeah. I I think, you know, there's so many scriptures in the Bible that talk about shining a light. Yeah. In the darkness. Yeah. And this is one of those areas where if you keep the sexual sin in the darkness, it just, it grows no matter how much you think you're, you're tackling it. Sure. You know, and I'm not saying you have to, you know, I mean, we obviously with our podcast, I mean. We've had hundreds of thousands of downloads where people yeah. have heard about, <laughs> about our own journey yeah. through pornography. And I'm not saying that that's the platform you have to take, but, but for men being able to have, you know, one or two good male friends that when you're feeling tempted, when one yeah. of those triggers comes and you can, you know, call that guy up and be like, you know, today's a rough day. Yeah. And for that man to be able to speak truth into another man's life or a woman that's struggling as well to have another woman to say, you know what, today's a hard day. Yeah. And to say, you know what? No, this is not the path that you've chosen. This is not what God has designed for your life. Yeah. You are walking a different journey. Makes, I mean, it's made the difference in so many people's lives, having that support network because the sexual sins are hard. Yeah. They're hard.
2: Yeah. And like you were saying, you know, the people don't realize that it's an addiction. Something that mm-hmm. starts off of as a choice uh, starts to become not a choice in a way. Right. I mean, we don't want to take away the personal responsibility, but at the same time, uh, like you're talking about, the neurological changes in the brain actually are causing a person to have a more and more difficult time with making a decision in that regard. Yes. So uh, so starting to talk to people about mm-hmm. it, starting to reach out to people, starting to branch out. So you started this in your church, and then um, what was the leap here where you decided, okay, we're going to start putting this on a podcast and start sharing this this uh, information?
4: So we ended up starting at a point where we had been at a retreat, a marriage retreat. Uh-huh. People were really interested in what was going on. And the next day, folks go, okay, so what's next? What else do you have? And Elise and I looked at each other and said, um, we're we, not we sure shared our story. <laughs> we, yeah. What we, more we, do you want we from us? We shared it? what, <laughs> where, uh, we're not sure what, what you mean. And so it was at that point in time that after that retreat that we we sat down for for quite some time just to discuss what yeah. we where we want to go with this this wasn't you know we never stepped out in this and going oh this is god's calling on us mm. um we just knew we had to say something and and we just took some time back to just okay where do we want to go and we started with with blogging found out that we really didn't like writing back then yeah friend of ours said this was 6 years ago now with podcasting said hey there's a way where you can Start talking on your microphones and put it up on iTunes and people can listen. And we said, <laughs> well, we can talk. That's great. <laughs> so we ordered up the equipment and we started. Yeah. And it was there that we just said, okay, let's start. And it was one one of our first things that we ever said to each other and to our audience was that we're going to be transparent, open, and honest. Yeah. Because it's been too long that we, ha- that we haven't heard this. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, we're searching for this as well. And we want to be able to give this to you guys. So that's where that's where we started. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: oneextraordinarymarriage.com is their website, their podcast, One Extraordinary Marriage. This is uh, Tony and Elisa DiLorenzo. They've got a fantastic, uh, basically just a transparent conversation about real life uh, issues that everybody needs to deal with, but nobody seems to talk about. So it's fantastic. Stay with us. We've got three more segments left, and we're going to continue this discussion. Talk about uh, what do you do with kids, you know, kids and the phones and all this kind of stuff. It's very difficult to manage, and and it's hard to make decisions about. And uh, But uh, we've got some good counselors here in the room for us and uh, just some good guidance. We'll be right back.
5: Before I bring my need, I will bring my heart.
0: Not all home inspections are created equal. Joe DeMars and his team at Housemaster have performed inspections in San Diego for 22 years plus and performed over 10,000 inspections for commercial, multiple family, apartments, and residential. Call before you buy or sell. You'll have confidence knowing the true condition of the property. Call 619-660-7866, sandiego.housemaster.com. Home inspections, done right, guaranteed. 619-660-7866.
1: 619-222-0766.
5: I'm giving it all away. No more hiding. No more stalling. I hear you calling me. And I'm calling. See me Thanks for
2: tuning in to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. We're on AM 1170, The Answer in San Diego, every Sunday, 4 to 5 p.m. My guests tonight are Tony and Elisa DiLorenzo, Lorenzo, extraordinary marriage.com. and we're talking about marriage and pornography. We're talking about how do you survive uh, finding out that your partner was involved in pornography, uh, or even even worse, uh, an affair. Uh, how do you get through that? And is it worth it to get through it? Uh, is it worth it to make the effort to survive those uh, problems, or do we just throw in the towel and say, "Hey, you know what? I'm not I'm not interested in this, and I'm moving on." Um, I've looked at the stats and the stats say that women are actually filing for uh, divorce more often than men. And I'm just guessing. It's just my own brain just thinking about it. I'm guessing that probably to a certain extent that has to do with them finding out that their husband's looking at pornography. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I I talk to my – I'm a teacher and I talk to kids about this. And I say, hey, what would happen if the government mandated that we have a, a cold water faucet, a hot water faucet? and a beer faucet in every house, uh, would the problems of alcohol increase, right? Mm-hmm. right. I mean, it's kind of obvious they would. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what? what's essentially happened in America is that we have a pornography faucet that pretty much goes with us wherever we are uh, on, on the phone. And so naturally, all the problems that come along with that, mm-hmm. uh, hypersexuality, a sexting that, as mm-hmm. a high school teacher, that's happening in our schools, right? Sure. Right. Christian high school and everything. And, uh, you know, a lot of parents are kind of like, Hey, I just want to look the other way. Mm-hmm. Let's, I have no idea how to deal with this, so I'm just going to pretend it doesn't exist. Um, what do you say to somebody like that? And you, you guys have, how old are your kids?
3: Our kids are 13 and 10,
2: 13 and 10.
3: And so uh, you're already
2: taking steps oh. to, to, Oh yeah.
3: yeah, we, we have had this in our home. We yeah. we've had to face this issue. We have, you know, our children's friends who their parents have said, you know what, you know, boys will be boys or, you know, let the schools deal with this. And our stance has been ever since our kids were little is that one, we were going to be their first educators. Yeah. Especially when it comes to relationships and sexuality. I, I don't want some kid on the playground. Yeah. And that's kind of how we got started because one of the kids came home and said, this is what I heard on the playground. I'm uh-huh. like, okay. It's time to have a conversation.
4: Yeah. Right.
3: But, you know, as parents, we can't be looking the other way. Yeah. There, there's too much dangerous content out there. And when you read those statistics on pornography, open the show, you know, that is happening mm. when kids are younger and younger. I mean, uh, you know, we've seen it at the elementary school level where, you know, it's popping up, it's getting through filters. Yeah. you know, And that's one thing that parents have to, you know, with the phones, they've got to put filters on. They've got to have, you know, some, and there's many, many out there that fit all different kinds of needs, but mm. they've got to, they've got to know what their kids are doing mm. online. We can't take this. Well, that's their privacy. Kids can have their privacy when they're, you know, not living in my house and I'm not paying for things. Yeah. But until then, it's my job to, you know, train a child up in the way that he shall go. Yeah. You know, that's our responsibility is to give them guardrails, to give them guidance.
2: Yeah, right. I, you know, I uh, there's this verse that's always stuck with me. Um, you know, sometimes it's so hard to discipline kids because you just get worn out and you're just tired. You <laughs> yeah. Know, the days long. Totally. You're like, man, you, do whatever you want. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Just leave me alone. Just leave yeah. me exactly. alone tonight. Yes. <laughs> exactly. We have been there. <laughs> but this verse, it says, um, it says, discipline your, this is Proverbs 19:18. Discipline your children for in that there is hope. Do not be a willing party to their death. Right. And I thought, whoa, that is heavy. That's heavy stuff. Um, when we when we step back from that responsibility, we're allowing somebody else to grab a hold of their heart,
4: and yeah. that, that's kind of scary. So right. And I I just want to bring up yeah. for everybody who's listening, I was exposed to pornography when I was twelve. Okay, yeah. That was the average just like age. That. Yeah, just like that. Stat. That you yeah. said, and it's probably has dropped since then. Yeah. So realize that. Hey, if you have a child in elementary, maybe fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade. Yeah. There may be some exposure going on. Yeah. And this, and I was exposed back in the day when all we had were magazines. Yeah. And my buddies. How how did that happen? It was just. I was part of the boy scouts and, you know, some of the older scouts had got some books from, or magazines from their dads or whatever. uh And then, you know, so at scout meetings, we would all roll to the back of the bushes and go look at the magazines. And then. You know, it started progressing from there yeah. over the years when the internet did come around, you know, and, you know, we would try to get it online, pictures, videos. Yeah, it, it progressed into chat rooms and everything else. Yeah. Now, did you – I'm assuming you didn't
2: have an idea of what that – how that was going to impact you. You know, I think a lot of people think to themselves, hey, um, I'm, I'm going to do this now, but later on I'll stop. Later on uh, – I'll, I'll become who I need to be or I'll get married and then that problem will go away. Mm-hmm. I think that's what a lot of young people are thinking in their minds. Right. Um, I mean, I, I've had a – I was just talking about this in class the other day and a kid said to me, he said, how does it hurt a marriage? It doesn't hurt a marriage, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, my, my parents are fine, right? And I think that's a big uh, kind of myth that's out there, mm-hmm. a lie that's out there that, hey, this really doesn't have an impact. Um, What would you say to somebody who said, hey, this is not going to have an
4: impact on my marriage? Here's how it impacts your marriage. As a guy viewing it, when you're making love to your wife, guess what? You're viewing somebody else. Mm -hmm. You're looking at somebody else. You're putting an image on your wife who she can never become because what we're looking at on pictures, mainly photographs have been photoshopped and made very beautiful and perfect Mm -hmm. and we can never, our wife can never live up to that standard. Yeah. She knows that there's something else going on yeah. because Elise and I have talked about this many a times. And we did a show specifically on the impact of pornography on a wife that she could tell mm. that there was something going on in my mind and the way we were having sex. And there's a, there's a difference that is happening. Mm. You know it, you guys, you know, that's happening or women, when you're reading erotica and your, your husband isn't performing the way the, the words were coming off the book pages Yeah you know, and there's that pull away from that. Yeah. Um. Th- there's all sorts of impacts. And if we even go to the point of masturbation and you can, you're constantly doing that. Now you're turning away your wife, you know, she may be initiating and you're constantly saying, no, 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 I don't want to, because you don't have any desire anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Believe me, that is impacting your wife tremendously. Yeah. She is, she is being beat down. There's low self-confidence. There's low self-esteem. She can't she, she doesn't know why you don't want her, mm-hmm. and yet you're constantly saying no to her. Yeah. And that impacts your marriage. One of the stats
2: I read not too long ago was that actually a woman who has a husband who's addicted to pornography, uh, the trauma she experienced is, is actually comparable, if not identical, to PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. She's actually experiencing the same things that they would see th- for somebody who's going through post traumatic stress disorder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's, it's interesting to me too, because, um, women tend to worry more or, or have higher levels of anxiety. Mm-hmm. You know what? I've been to, uh, we go, I go to a marriage class at my church. Um, and, uh, it's fantastic. It's an incredible, uh, uh, psychologist leads it and everything. Loves yeah. the Lord, pastor and psychologist. And, and, um, he was talking about how, uh, Oh, I I just lost my thought. <laughs> Had that happened many That's times okay. before. <laughs> you know he's awesome though. Let me tell you, he's fantastic.
3: <laughs> but you were just talking about the PTSD in women yeah, the, and
2: yeah, the PTSD and the fact that, um, you know what? Let's just move on to another okay. another subject. <laughs> That's okay. Um. So so anyway, uh, we were talking about how it impacts marriage, mm-hmm. how that impacts marriage. So some people would even say that hey, pornography actually helps my marriage. Mm -hmm. It actually say, um, we look at this because it gets us going. And uh, my guests tonight are Tony and Elisa DiLorenzo. They have the One Extraordinary Marriage podcast. They're amazing, fantastic. They've got three books that are excellent. Um, I haven't read them yet, but I'm looking forward to reading them. And um, we're going to be right back. We're going to continue this discussion. Uh, Can a marriage that has suffered from pornography addiction survive? Um, And can and how do we move forward and how do we get to a better place Um, we'll be right back stay with us
1: there got to be more than going back and forth from doing right to doing wrong. Because we were taught that we are. Well, come
2: on, Welcome back to Educate for life. life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. We're on AM 1170, The Answer in San Diego. And my guests tonight are Tony and Elisa DiLorenzo. They've got three fantastic books Seven Days of Sex Challenge, How to Rock Your Sex Life and Your Marriage, Connect Like You Did When You First Met, 101 Proven Questions for Couples. And stripped down, thirteen keys to unlocking intimacy in your marriage. They're also marriage coaches. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Right. That's correct. So, so if somebody can actually reach out to you and mm-hmm. be like, "Hey, we we'd love to have your guidance and direction in, in our regular lives."
3: Absolutely, I've been coaching couples in the one family, and that's what we refer to our audience and our listeners as, as the one extraordinary marriage family. Um, partly because we believe that when you when you become part. You know, there's there's growth in family, oh, there's yeah. healing in family, yeah.
5: mm-hmm.
3: and so I coach folks around the world. Um, thanks to so the beauty great. of technology, we're able to impact lives all over.
2: The acceptance and the love that comes from that relationship, and knowing that somebody's there to support you mm-hmm. and right. be there for you, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of our listeners out there who have experienced this in from one direction or another. Some some of the guys going, "Man, I feel hopeless. I'm alone. Mm-hmm. I'm by myself." And then there's the wives who go. I don't think I could ever love my husband again. Mm -hmm. I don't know how I could ever get through this. And so I think that's a real important side to this is the hope. We want to offer people hope and say, hey, uh, it's not over. You can get through this Mm -hmm. and it's going to happen. So so what do you share with people? What Through your experiences, um, what does that look like? What does the hope look like?
3: Well, it's been eight years for us, eight or nine years now that Tony's been clean and you know, for us, it started with Tony just like, okay, I'm going to tell you when I feel triggered. And, you know, we, we put filters on the computers. We got rid of, you know, the sports illustrated swimsuit issue. You can actually call and request that that does not get sent to your house. You can, you know, they've got a subscription that does not include the swimsuit issue. You can choose not to have the Victoria's Secret catalogs come to your house. You know, you can make those choices Yeah, because there's one thing that I've learned is that it's a daily choice. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes it's a minute by minute choice. Not to go there on your phone, Yeah. not to access it on your computer, not to, you know, pull it up on the iPad or wherever. But when you make that choice, every time that you make that choice, your marriage becomes stronger. Mm. You know, you start pouring into your wife's trust bank, which has been so depleted. Yeah. And, you know, I tell women all the time, I'm like, it's been, you know, eight, nine years for us. I said, my sex life now is better than it's ever. I mean, like off the charts. Amazing. And, you know, I mean, you can go back to the beginning of our marriage and it was just like, mm, wah, wah, you know, like the Charlie Brown, <laughs> wah, wah. And, and it's because he's fully present yeah. with right. me. Yeah. And I trust him because he's made that choice over and over and over again that I'm, I'm his ideal. Mm. And, and, but that was a journey for him.
4: Yeah. Right. And that's the big thing. I think I, I always like to tell couples, it's a journey folks. You know, in our instant gratification society, we want everything to be hey, he told me or she told me about it, and now we're done. And so tomorrow we're going to move on and we're just happy go lucky. Yeah. You're setting yourself up for a letdown Mm. because it doesn't happen just overnight. It is. It's that walking together and being willing to, you know, go, okay, we got this. We're, we're starting to walk forward now and yeah. we got to keep going together and we got to start, you know, when things do come up and they're, they're tough and they they agitate us or they don't feel right. We got to be willing to speak up yeah. and share instead of shut down and turn away. Um, you you got to we just did a show recently called those voices, um, those voices you hear or the voices, voices you, in your head, the voices you choose. or And it's just those competing voices that you hear one saying, no, don't tell her because she's going to get mad again. Or, and the other one's going, yeah, tell her open up, be honest, mm-hmm. be real to her. Yeah. Let her know, you know, you guys are in this together. And so that is something that many of us face. I mean, there are times even today when I will face those and, and I have to be able to choose the one that tells me to go towards my wife instead of away from her. Yeah. So that's, that's a powerful statement, what you're
2: saying. So for the guy in this particular situation, if we're dealing with somebody who's been involved in pornography um, you're saying, hey, he's really got to make a daily cho- choice to, to continue to put up those uh, protections. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the same time, he's got to be willing to be honest with his wife. Um, and then so what for the for the wife involved in this situation, what would you how would you counsel a, or coach a, a wife who says, hey, hey, how do I deal with this as I'm moving forward? What does that mean for me? Uh, what do the two parties need to do?
3: Well, you know, the wife needs to create a safe place for her husband to be able to come and talk to her. Okay. Because a lot of times, and, and, you know, I'm tend to be a little bit more emotional in our marriage. Sure. Um, You know, when Tony comes to me, I'm, I'm much more likely to kind of like fly off the handle and be like, you did what, you know, (laughs) and we've had instances like that in the past in our marriage. And, you know, when, when you fly off into an emotional state so rapidly, it doesn't create a safe place for your spouse to come and talk to you because they're like, oh, you know what? I don't need the tornado. I don't need the fireworks. But I'm don't go- you
2: think that, that that is justified? Wouldn't you say that's justified for the woman to kind of fly off the handle at the, the man? A-
3: absolutely, but not every single time. Okay. Because the first time, absolutely, there is a shock, but it's also for the two of them to learn better and stronger communication skills.
2: Because I'm just thinking that in the woman's mind, isn't she thinking to herself, uh, like you're saying, you did what? Mm-hmm. and and so, she's saying, "Hey, uh, he deserves this." What, what, what would you say to the woman says, "I can't, I can't let him get away with that"? Now, that's not right.
3: I think a lot of it depends on the attitude that the husband comes to his wife with. Okay, because sometimes they come and they're like, "Yeah, I was doing this," you know, like, "What's the big deal?" Yeah, and th- that's a much different reaction than if he comes to the wife very much like Tony did and said. This is like, I'm in a bad place. Yeah. This is really like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I, I need help. Mm. Yeah. And so you, I mean, a woman knows. Sure. <laughs> or a man knows how his spouse is approaching him to yeah. say, you know, am I really remorseful or am I just kind of blowing this off? Cause maybe I'm going to get caught. Mm-hmm. And when your spouse comes to you and they're remorseful. Yeah. Yes. There's going to be the emotional, like, oh, you just sure. like punched me in the gut with this yeah. news. Yeah. Yeah. But it's then being able to say, okay, you know what? I need a little time to process this. Take the time. Don't, you know, don't shut down. Let them know that you're taking time to process and Mm -hmm. then start working on what is, what does our marriage look like going forward? Yeah. Because it's too easy. I think in today's day and age to just be like, okay, well, I'm not happy and this isn't working. So let me just check out, get divorced, like go find, well, that doesn't solve the problem. Yeah. You know, and, and in all honesty, you can have marriage after pornography. Mm. And you can have a thriving marriage. I mean, we're, we're evident. I mean, we've gone from pornography addiction to impacting hundreds of thousands of people. And
2: And, (laughs) yeah. And that's what I wanted to ask you too, is, is, um, you've got, you, you've talked to so many of these people. So, um, do you have stories of people who have come out of places, you know, like affairs and these sorts Mm -hmm. of things where they're experiencing the same thing you're experiencing and, uh, they're making it through and they're, they're, You know, they've got these thriving marriages, too.
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, I I work with so many couples. I mean, I've got a couple who um, she had actually served him divorce papers, separation papers and moved out. And a year later, they are still married. They're still working on their marriage. Do they have hiccups? Sure. But so do we. Yeah. You know, couple I've got another couple I'm working with. um, Pornography addiction was discovered. And, you know, he's taking steps to safeguard, you know, she's actually putting all the filters on everywhere. Cause I said, you can't let him do it. He's a computer guy. <laughs> and he even for said, all these tech
2: guys, for right? all these yeah. tech guys, yeah. you know,
3: but the, he's like, I commit to not, you know, figuring out the workarounds Yeah, and he's doing, when he feels triggered, he's calling her and they've got a plan in place. When he feels triggered, he gets out of the house. Cause for him, it's usually in the house Yeah, and he leaves his phone and he goes for a run and he does different things. And so it's saying, okay, you know what? You can't, you know, it's so many messages in today's day and age say, you can't do this. You can't survive. You can't do. And, and what we wanted to share with couples is you absolutely can. If yeah. you're both willing to be intentional and work on the marriage.
2: That's fantastic. My guests tonight are Tony and Alicia DiLorenzo and uh, One Extraordinary Marriage. They have coaching. They have a podcast. It's just fantastic. Uh, You can listen to tons of recordings on iTunes of just previous shows that cover pretty much every issue you can possibly imagine. And um, I can't encourage you enough to get involved uh, with listening to it. My wife and I listen to it um, because, you know what, there's nobody that is not uh, a potential victim of – what what's happening out in the in our culture today. We're going to be right back and we're going to continue this discussion. Stay with us.
1: In 1947, Gordon Tucker began serving San Diego County families. Today, the family tradition continues with two stores, Tucker's Valley Furniture and Cash & Carry, both right across the street in El Cajon at Main and Mollison. Whether you want today's modern, eco-friendly furniture or authentic Amish furniture from solid cherry wood built in America, let the Tucker family serve your family. Learn more at tuckersvalleyfurniture.com. A proud sponsor of Educate for Life with Kevin Conover.
5: Cast
2: Okay, we're on the last segment here with uh, Tony and Elisa DiLorenzo of One Extraordinary Marriage, oneextraordinarymarriage.com. My website's educateforlife.org, and my website's all about how do you apply a biblical worldview? What is a biblical worldview? Defending a biblical worldview. And you know, the Bible covers all these issues. The Bible covers every issue that you're dealing with today. And we're talking about pornography and marriage. And the stories in the Bible, they're all over the place of people who dealt with sexual temptation, lust. Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ said, Hey, uh, if you, you know, it, it, the, ten, the commandments say, do not commit adultery. But I say, if you look at a woman with lust, you've already committed adultery in your heart. And we know the story of King David mm-hmm. who sinned with Bathsheba. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are real life issues that we're dealing with today. They, they're dealing with the same things. We look at Solomon who had 700 wives. Talk, talk about a guy who had a problem with lust. I mean, mm-hmm. in Ecclesiastes, he says, I decided not to dem- deny myself of anything I wanted. Mm-hmm. And what did that end up? He had 700 wives and 300 concubines. And at the end, he says, it's all meaningless. Mm -hmm. It's worthless. He found no satisfaction in that. And I think for a lot of people, maybe you're out there listening right now and you're thinking, yeah, someday I'll deal with this. Someday, yeah, yeah, they make some good points, but, you know, it's not that big of a deal to me. Maybe you're a college student. Maybe you're married uh, with no kids. Wherever you're at, um, you got to know that this is urgent. This is not something to play around with. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is – this is a fire. It's, it's not something you you look at and you go, I'll deal with later. It's your house is on fire and it, ha, it may not have burned down yet, but uh, if you don't deal with it quickly, it will. And uh, can you speak to that, Tony and Elisa? Um, it, it, how urgent is that for people to deal with these issues?
3: It's, uh, your fire analogy is perfect Yeah, because people's lives are burning down mm. because of pornography. I mean, it is, it, it, you may not see it right now. It may just be a little bit of smoke in your yeah, eyes, yeah. but it's, it's so urgent because at some point in time, a uh, oh, spouse is going to look at you in this case, you know, let's say it's a husband looking at pornography. His wife's going to look at him and say, you know what? I'm done. Mm. I'm, I'm done being, you know, the person that you just want to have sex with at 2am after you've been looking at pornography, I'm mm. done being, you know, just a warm body and having you be checked out or not even interested in having sex with me because your needs are being met somewhere else. And so, yeah. you know, and then the husband's like, what, what just, ha- what happened here? Yeah. Well, she gave you all those chances, you know, all those years, all that time. And, and people just get worn out. So today, you know, today, if you're listening to this and and pornography is an issue in any way, shape or form in your life, today's the day you draw that line in the sand, because it's like, I've shared with, you know, men, the world over when I've been coaching them is, you know, honestly, you know, women in your life, you you have a mother, you may have a sister, you may have a daughter, Mm. you know, and if somebody was looking at them, the way you're looking at pornography, how would you feel? Yeah. Most men that stops them in their tracks because if they have a daughter or sister or mother and some guy was doing masturbating or doing whatever, they're like,
2: pull out the shotgun.
3: Oh, Oh no. Yeah. That's not okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm, Well, it's not okay for you to do that to somebody else's mom, wife, sister, or daughter. Mm-hmm. It's just not.
2: Yeah, they're individuals with lives. Right. And, and uh, we have to wage war against this. This is not This is not something we're just fooling around with. This right. is something I like to give an example of, uh, you know, we, we live in America here and right now in the news, the big thing is radical Muslim, Islamic terrorism and the borders are open and terrorists are coming in. And I like to, to make pornography is like radical Islamic terrorism mm-hmm. uh, and, and I'm not down in Muslims but I'm saying radical terrorism right pornography is coming into the home it's coming into the home and it's coming for your kids it's coming right. for you it's not like it's just for you it's, it wants to kill you too right. you're going to go down too mm-hmm. what about have you seen people who have lost jobs over this oh, kind of yeah. stuff for oh, yeah. those kind of stories oh, yeah.
4: oh yeah. yeah military guys who've lost clearances and you know uh, gosh we've we've seen numerous we've seen people it, yeah i
3: mean people, people that we know and you know it gets caught on your computer and that's a work computer or you're spending too much time distracted yeah bosses don't have time for that
2: and sometimes there's no going back. I mean, you have a lot of good stories, a lot of amazing stories, and a lot of people whose marriages are being saved. But there's also the stories of the people who mm-hmm. say, "Nah, it's over. I'm done.
5: Yeah.
2: yeah.
4: Yeah. Waited too long. Yeah. You know, just said it's enough,
2: enough. And I, I don't care. So a big yeah. part of the way to get to get busy in this area again is. Um, their book stripped down 13 keys to unlocking intimacy in your marriage. And Tony, you were saying that it's, this is a great to use with your podcast, what you're doing to build a community and start that process, not necessarily starting a pornography group at your (laughs) your local church, but can you share more about what you were saying about that?
4: Yeah. So a lot of folks in the one family, what they've come around and do, and they love their small group and they want to do something for marriage. You know, they're out there and they're like, we want to support marriage. And so a lot of folks will go out grab Strip Down, grab a, you know, five, six couples, and they'll go through each chapter maybe over the course of six weeks. And what they'll use is a podcast as launching points. So they'll start going through and they'll start listening and they'll find podcasts that really pique their interest mm-hmm. that will uh, allow for great conversation. One of them may be pornography. Yeah, You know, when we're talking about um, emotional intimacy and getting truthful and honest, maybe grabbing one of the, um, the pornography ones. And opening it up with the group and then talking about that, using the book as a jumping off point for questions and answers. I love that. And allowing folks to start getting truthful and honest and, yeah. and in an environment where they feel safe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're building relationships in a community and then
2: you're, because your podcast covers so many different issues, they're just like, Hey, you know what this week, boom, it's not like you're going to run out of material either.
4: No, <laughs> yeah. no, no
2: just, not yet. Yeah. yeah.
4: So, you know, with over 300 shows, if you do a six week study, yeah, you're, you're okay. And, and what's great though, is a lot of folks will now, um, They'll just listen. They just get on board, and once they start listening, you start listening, and that's the thing, folks. They they become addicted to the podcast. Yeah. Start listening. Start. It's a
2: little healthier. It's a good. It opens conversation. Fill your mind
4: with something that's going to grow. Yeah. You know that's going to that's going to deliver fruit.
2: Yeah. Right. The Bible says, "Be transformed by the renewing of your mind." Mm -hmm. Right, Right. and that's what. So we got to take the junk out and put the good stuff in. Absolutely, you guys got so much good stuff; it's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. So, um, I just. I just think it's incredible. And I just want to encourage you if you're listening out there and you're on the brink of maybe divorce or separation, or you're just feeling hopeless, there's a lot of hope. Uh, you don't have to give up. You don't have to say it's over. And, um, Christ is always, the Bible says, uh, his mercies are new every day, Mm -hmm. right? Every day we have the chance to make a, a new decision and, um, I just want to thank you guys for being on the air and, and being with us and uh, any, any last things you want to share with uh, with our guests, just kind of final parting thoughts.
4: Yeah. The, the last thing when we started one extraordinary marriages, you know, comes from the passage, the two shall become one. Mm. And it's always been mine and Elisa's hope and dream and desire is that we can impact one couple. That's it. We go out each and every week to impact one couple. And our goal is not to just impact one couple and that's it. Our goal is to impact a, a million marriages. But every time we get behind these microphones, we're thinking about you. We're thinking about you. Wherever you may be right now, we want to impart a piece of us into you so that way you can transform your life, your marriage. Wherever you may be because we know that our God is so great, he can do it.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. And, they're ne- and he's never done forgiving. There's never a point where you move beyond his grace and his Mm -hmm. mercy. And you know what I think is so crazy, what's so cool about your ministry is that every marriage that's affected, the kids that are in that marriage are being affected also. Mm -hmm. And their lives are going to be forever changed because of that change that those two people made. That just makes me want to (laughs) cry.
3: Well, legacy is a huge thing. Legacy is huge. And there are too many children that have come from you know, broken homes. Yeah. And if we can impact, you know, we don't know which marriage we're supposed to save. So we just keep working That's for so one great. and working towards that 1 million.
2: That's great. One com. Tony and Elisa DiLorenzo, all kinds of hope and blessings and guidance and uh, just tangible, practical helps down to the details of how you can make, how you can fight better in marriage, how you can manage finances better in marriage. All the details of the the differences between men and women and the sexual relationship, just every aspect. Uh, Thanks for being here tonight. We're going to be back next week, 4 to 5 p.m. AM 1170, TheAnswer.com. And uh, God bless you. Have a fantastic evening. Thank
0: you, you guys, for being with us. Thank you. Thank you. Educate for Life with Kevin Conover, a regular feature on AM 1170, The Answer. Learn more about Kevin and his work online at his website, educateforlife.com. That's educateforlife.com. You'll find great resources, ideas, and even video classes there to help you grow and understand what in the world is happening. Encourage your friends to listen for great guests and intelligent analysis of the stories that shape our lives. Educate for Life with Kevin Conover, exclusively on AM 1170, The answer.
1: Bring your time and bring your shame. Bring your guilt and bring your pain. Don't you know that's not your name?
5: You will always be.